Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host. It is SEC Championship Week. Uh, man, first time we've been talking about LSU playing in a big game week after uh, the regular season ends as LSU goes 12-0. and We are joined by two special guests today. As always, Josh Lemoyne will join us uh, later on in the podcast. But first, Anthony Dasher of UGASports.com, the rival site for the Bulldogs, will be joining us. So without further ado, uh, let's get into that interview with Anthony Dasher. We'd like to welcome our guest today as Anthony Dasher is joining us. Y'all can find him on Twitter at Anthony Dasher one He's a managing editor for UGASports.com. Anthony, how are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great. Well, uh, big weekend this weekend. LSU is in the SEC Championship for the first time since 2011. Facing a familiar foe is last time they were there. They actually faced the Georgia Bulldogs. In terms of crowd uh, expectancy, how much or how do you think the crowd's going to be percentage-wise LSU to UGA for this game? Because it, you know, it kind of is in UGA's back, you know, it, it's in their backyard. Yeah, it's what, 75 miles, I think, from Mercedes-Benz to Athens. I, you know, just based on past games, I'd probably say something maybe like 60-40 Georgia. But LSU really travels well. I mean, they really do. I mean, uh, like I said, I've seen them playing this game against Georgia, what, three times? What, two, two times, three times now, actually. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, they always bring, bring a ton of folks who are always, uh, out, you know, into what's going on. And I'm looking forward to seeing the atmosphere come Saturday. For Georgia to be able to keep up, and, and we'll talk about LSU's offense versus Georgia's defense, but looking at Georgia's offense first, I have to ask about, uh, Georgia's pass catchers without their top two, at least for the first half, with George Pickens suspended, mm-hmm. uh, for that first half. Do you expect Jake Fromm to be able to move the ball through the air against LSU? Uh, I know there's a lot of talent there, but maybe some guys that haven't really proven themselves yet. Quite possibly. I mean, you're going to see guys like Tyler Simmons, who was a senior, hasn't caught a ton of balls, but he's a, you know, he's, 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 he has some good flashes in the past. Co- scored a touchdown against Georgia Tech last week. Uh, you know, guys, somebody like Matt Lander, James Cook, who, uh, Actually, a running back, but they actually spit him out uh, as like a slot receiver a few times. And there's Demetrius Robertson, another former five-star guy. So they've got some players. You know, a lot of the ones I just mentioned don't have a lot of uh, numbers because, because, again, Pickens and Cager have been the uh, the two main uh, you know ones all season long. But there's still enough talent, I think, back there that George can still stick with his you know original game plan. Well, looking at the other side of this attack, looking at that offense. Uh, in terms of their running attack, look, I really like what I've seen all week or all year from DeAndre Swift. I know he kind of had that injury. In terms of health status, do you expect him to be 100% this weekend? Well, I don't know about 100%, but Coach Smart said today that he will play. And I, knowing the type of gamer and type of warrior, type, type player that DeAndre is, I, I'll be stunned if he's not out there. Any questions? How healthy is he really? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a major shoulder injury. Just, it just got kind of dinged. The coach described it as a contusion, which would be a bruise. But uh, you know we'll see. But I don't, I don't, I don't expect DeAndre again knowing him that's going to let it bother him all that much. If indeed it's as you know insignificant as Coach says it is. Well, a, a lot's been made about the battle in the trenches. I, look, I, I'm watching film. I really, really, really like y'all's offensive line. By far, probably the best offensive line LSU's faced all year long. And at the same time, LSU looks like maybe it has a pass rush. Is 
uh, this past weekend against Texas A&M. They had their most sacks in, I think it was three years. Mm-hmm. Is there any concern about that and, and what Dave Aranda could dial up? Or are y'all feel pretty confident in that offensive line? Well, Georgia's uh, pass pro has actually been, I think, one of their strengths that you let them giving up a what three or four sacks all all season long, and and, and, and yeah, then, you know, I know LSU had what six sacks last week against Texas A and M, and certainly very capable. But you know, Georgia's offensive line for as good as it has been, it just reputation hasn't always you know, played up to those, those standards. But uh, again, like you said, there's a lot of guys on that offensive front who played a ton of football. I mean, they won't be intimidated by playing in this atmosphere, even against a great. Uh, LSU team, but but yeah, they're gonna have to do their part, no question, to keep Jake Fromm upright and have a chance in this one. Well, well, looking in terms of giveaways, Jake Fromm's been really good at, at having the ball and not turning it over, only having three interceptions mm-hmm. on the season. Uh, you look at these games and teams that are both really talented, and an interception, a fumble could come up to that. I I would have to say that I feel pretty confident in Fromm. But to me, more the question is, is you see from from an early point in his career and you're really excited with what you see, what he did against Alabama and what this mm-hmm. Georgia offense looked like. Would you say that maybe he's regressed some or, or do you think he's kind of been just steady even with where he started out a few years ago? No, he hasn't been the same quarterback this year as he's been in the past. I mean, he's going four straight games now without completing 50 percent of his passes. And I think that's a little bit of a concern. And people have been talking about the reasons for that. I think it's, it's, a, it's a myriad of things. Uh, you know, one like I said, Jake Fromm is uh he's he's very conscientious about not turning the football over. But he hasn't had one and what's this South Carolina game when he had four. But sometimes I think it maybe kind of hurts him a little bit. Sometimes it kind of takes away some of this. I don't know, kind of need to be a little more aggressive. He'll 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 maybe take a sack instead of you know throwing the ball downfield, which uh, again, that's something I think they're gonna have to do in this ball game consistently to have a chance of winning this contest. But uh, yeah, he but he's a guy though who will. Uh, Again, he's, he's just really focused on not turning the ball over. That's been his claim, claim to fame uh, since he's been a QB at Georgia. Well, we saw LSU struggle against teams like Ole Miss in terms of stopping the rushing attack. Georgia being somewhat of a 60-40 run to pass. They're averaging 200 yards a game. Do you expect Georgia to have that type of success against LSU's defense? And if you're offensive play calling for this game, where do you attack this LSU defense? Uh, well, I try to mix it up and do whatever I can humanly possible to keep LSU's offense off the field. I mean, that's going to be Georgia's best way of winning this ball game. No, you know, Georgia, you know, they've run the ball well all year, but you know, the last few games haven't been quite as effective. Of course, they're going to have some pretty good defense. You know, Florida's got a very good mm-hmm. defense. Auburn's got to, you know, take away what happened in Alabama game. They've got a pretty good defense. Uh, two Missouri's even had a, you know, even had a pretty good D this season. So they play some good, you know, have some good opponents, uh, but those stats haven't quite been, I think, up to what. You know, Georgia was used to you know, early in the season, but but, but to answer your question, though, you know, I think you'll see Georgia try to mix it up, keep the chain moving, keep the clock rolling, because that's going to be the – they don't want to get in a shootout with LSU. They, they know that, so they're going to have to, I think, be as you know, kind of across the field, being patient and, 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 and push the envelope, but whatever they can do to keep LSU's offense on that sideline. Well, let's flip sides of the ball. Look at Georgia's defense versus LSU's offense. You know, looking at last year's game, I know you came on, and I, we didn't even really talk much about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and it seemed like yeah. last year's game was kind of his coming-out party. Uh, Georgia right oh, now yeah. the best rush defense in the SEC. Do you expect them to be able to stop Clyde, or do you expect them to try to focus more on that passing attack? Uh, they will have to kind of pick the poison, I think. I mean, Clyde is, uh, i tell you what, he's one of, he may be the most physical running back in the SEC. Uh, he's a guy who... Uh, he loves contact. He's 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 just got his innate ability just to bounce off people. People don't. He's not easy to break down. 
But George, at the same time, is going to have to find some way to get some kind of pressure, make, make Joe Burrow at least a little bit uncomfortable because if he's he's back there sitting in the pocket and can pick his spots. He's going he's going to pick Georgia apart. And that's something that you know obviously can't happen if they want to have a sniff of winning this contest. So they would have to try to. I think in a perfect world, like they've done all year long, they would try to, you know, make LSU one-dimensional. That would probably start with stopping the run. And, again, that's been something Georgia's been very successful at this year. They've played some other very good running backs. Uh, although, like like I said, I mean, Clyde Edwards is probably uh, – he, he's right up at the top as far as the ones they face this season. But, um, but if they want to, again, have a chance to win this game, they've got to start somewhere. And, and, uh, and slowing him down is going to be job one. Well, looking at this offense as a whole, it seems like every single time LSU's faced a quality defense like Georgia is, the question is, is how do you stop this offense? And you were talking about making them one-dimensional, but it, mm-hmm. it seems like it's just you can't really stop this offense. It, it's it's different. You know, uh, coaches yeah. have talked about Nobody it and has. said, it, it, yeah, you know, Jimbo was talking about it and said it's different than what we've seen. And, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's not just a spread. It's got different aspects. And then you have a really quality sure. quarterback will probably end up winning the Heisman, it, it makes yeah. that offense even harder to stop. So to me, my question would be, do you try to limit the opportunities this offense has where that, that you know, be holding on to the ball longer and time of possession being key? Or do you, you know, do you just try to get into a shootout? No, you can't. Georgia can't get try to get in a shootout. They won't have a chance if that happens. They've got to do what I, you know, talked about earlier. They just try to play a, a, a ball control type, type game and, you know, try to get into four, five, six yards, you know, for pop, whatever, however they go about doing that and make sure Joe Burrow company is on that sideline because if they, if they, if it gets to a case where they're, you know, closing touchdown, I'm just not sure Georgia has a, yeah, kind of offensive weapons LSU does right now to, to kind of make that happen. So they will have to be a very workmanlike, I think, on offense and on defense. I mean, they're going to have to take, take some chances from time to time. I mean, they may get burnt, but, uh, they, they they're gonna to need to come away, I think, with a turnover or two in this ball game uh, to, to to win. And, and not saying they can't, but uh, the LSU, as you said, they've uh, they've been so impressive this year. It's almost like got like a you're talking about defenses are kind of you know controlling tempo and uh, you know being you know controlling controlling the game and the line of scrimmage. I mean, LSU's offense is such that uh, it, it it controls other teams. So it's a very uh, unique from that uh, that aspect, and uh, that's something Georgia's got to be very wary of. But when it comes to top 10 matchups, we see special teams come into play. We saw that in the mm-hmm. Alabama and Auburn game as uh, Alabama missed a field goal once again and, and ended up being one of the pivotal plays of the game. If you're looking at this game, uh, Cade York's been a guy that has become very consistent as the season's gone sure. on, has a strong leg. Looking at Georgia, how do you feel about their special teams currently? I think Georgia's in, in great shape special team. Well, I mean, Rodrigo Blankenship is one of three finalists for the Groza Award this year. And, uh, you know, is, is the all-time leading scorer in Georgia history. I mean, he's kicked and had some big moments. Uh, remember the, uh, the Rose Bowl as a, as a, as a sophomore, he kicked like a, like a 55 yarder going into halftime to kind of give Georgia spark over Oklahoma. And he's had some other big kicks throughout his career to, to win ball games and get commodity to punter. Got to a slow start this year, but he's been, uh, very consistent, average about 45, 46 yards per punt, but even more important than that has been getting a lot better hang time and doing a lot better job placing the ball, you know, for kicking it inside the 20-yard line. So both playing Georgia special teams for the kickers go, I think that could be in much better shape. Well, it should be an exciting game. If Georgia's to win this game on Saturday, what's one or two things that they have to do to come away with a victory? Well, they don't have to. I think it starts like every other game. It starts with winning the line of scrimmage. I mean, they don't have to do it. I think on, on both sides of the 
with football, and it goes back to what we talked earlier, guys. I, I think it's going to start with, with stopping the run. I know everybody's going to be focused on Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow's going to get his yards. He's going to probably still pass for 250, 300 yards or whatever, and probably throw for two or three touchdowns. But Georgia has to, uh, you know, at least stop that run, I think, to, because if it gets a case where a situation where they were just to, you know, call whatever and be a running pass and they're picking up yards, and it's going to be tough for Georgia to find a way to get into, like I said, get to a shoot-up because I just don't think they have the overall weapons that LSU does. So control that line of scrimmage, I think, is going to be job one. The new CFP rankings came out tonight. So I kind of want to just play hypothetical. Let's say Georgia wins this yeah. game. It's a close game. Yeah. And Georgia obviously is going to make it into the playoff. Do you have LSU still making it at the end of the day? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. I mean, if LSU, uh, yeah, I, I think LSU's in regardless of what happens uh, in this one, just based on, on who they beat this year. And uh, and I know people outside the SEC don't like to hear this, but uh, <laughs> I, I just go back to, uh, again, I think the strength of schedule overall, I think it's very favorable for them right now with that offensive so guy. Uh, Joe Burrow, like you said, being the Heisman Trophy, you know, maybe the guy who wins it all, I think they'll still be nationally shaped. Uh, you know, to make it if they do lose, lose this ball game. Yeah, it seems kind of crazy. You know, we see uh, the committee say that an eye test, talk about a record, and then they talked yeah. about the record tonight. And, and you know, it, it it's like they fit their argument the way they want to, you know. It, it, so yeah. just in your opinion, with a CFP, do you like the way that it's going right now, or do you think that it still needs some tweaking? And, and are we on our way to a 6-18 to 18 playoff right now? Yeah, uh, I, I kind of like it the way it is. Uh, here's the thing: you're never gonna have a perfect system. Even if they were to expand the six to eight teams, and you still have people complaining about the teams nine, ten, eleven, twelve, why they didn't make it. So that's always gonna be some kind of, I think, argument. I mean, it's, it's what's gonna happen. You've got what thirteen people, they're sitting in the room deciding what happens uh, to who's gonna be in the, in, in the playoffs. But but right now, I mean, I, I haven't had too much, too many issues with how the. Uh, the playoffs have uh, have worked. I mean, there's been a couple of years. I mean, I know when uh, when uh, when Georgia won the SEC, beat Auburn, Alabama was able to get into the number fourteen, wound up winning the whole thing. Uh, beat Georgia, Mercedes Benz in, in the finals. That was a uh, that was a little controversial, uh, but uh, overall, I think it's, it's worked out fairly well. But I again, it, it's tough. I, if you're in the Big Twelve or Pac, you know, Pac ten, you've got a champion, a champion that's eleven and one, twelve and one, or whatnot, and don't make the playoffs. That that's I, I, I can certainly understand where that graph would come from. Well, Anthony, we'll get you out of here with two more. Uh, first being, sure. how do you see this game going on Saturday? Well, I mean, sitting here right now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick LSU to win it just because, again, I don't think Georgia overall has uh, as many offensive weapons as they can count on for explosive plays. That's been an issue for this team all year long is, is explosive plays. And, uh, I, I, and I just look at LSU offense and see all the playmakers they have. It's just I just think it's going to be tough. I don't. You know, I don't. I, I think it'll be a close game for a while, and, I, and it may be it may, may wind up being a fourth quarter type type contest. I just think LSU has too many weapons right now for Georgia to win. But you know, strange, stranger things have happened. There've been some other games Georgia's played over the years where I thought the Florida didn't have a chance. They wound up winning, but this is going to be a tough, tough, tough one for them. This is going to be just as you know, just as tough, if not tougher than the last year's SEC championship when Georgia. You know, took Alabama to the wire, though. You know, made no mistake about that. But I think this year's LSU team is every bit as good as that tie team was last season. Well, Anthony, we appreciate your time. Where can people find some of your work you're going to have going on this weekend? And what's some things we can expect coming from y'all for the game? Sure, we can find – well, start start with uh, just give uh, our, our site, ujsports.com, a, a look to see. Uh, we've got just got tons of, you know, analysis, you know, going on where we – Got some story update like on uh, DeAndre Swift. Where uh, if people can go and read uh, 
as we speak right now, and uh, we'll have uh, our, our folks over at Pro Football Focus uh, give us breakdowns that we'll have throughout the week, and uh, I'll have some have a column and a, and a, a film uh, film review. And uh, is there anything you want to know about this upcoming SEC championship? You're able to find on our site. And also follow me on Twitter at Anthony Dasher One. Anthony, thank you so much for giving us some of your busy week and uh, some of your time. And we're looking forward to Saturday. Uh, should be an exciting game. All right, thanks. Once again, I want to thank Anthony for coming on and giving us some of his time. Look, man, he's got LSU winning the game, and I think that that's kind of a thought that's shared among college football right now. And like to go ahead and bring in Josh Lemoyne uh, to join the conversation, talk about this this game from the LSU side, but. Josh, look, first off, how are you doing tonight before we get into it? I'm kind of jumping the gun. I'm kind of excited about this weekend. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing good. Look, LSU is playing for the SEC championship. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it every week, and I think we need to talk about it on this show. Uh, think about what we're talking about in week one, right? Look where we're at. We're undefeated playing for the SEC championship. That's important, I think, to, you know, where this program's at right now. So, yeah, excited. It's going to be a really exciting game. Well, look, LSU gets set to take on uh, the Bulldogs at 3 p.m. Central over the Mercedes-Benz, uh, what is it, the stadium, I guess? Uh, you know, it's not the Superdome. There really should only be one Mercedes-Benz, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess Georgia did get that. But, Josh, uh, let's go over some things I talked over with Anthony. You know, I talked to him about this Georgia offense. Look, Jake mm-hmm. Fromm, I, I don't know if you could say he regressed from where he was freshman year the past two years, but that freshman year – it was different, you know, it was explosive. And this year, look, Georgia's like 60, 40 run pass. It seems like maybe they're more of an older style, uh, you know, rushing attack. And to me, Josh, looking at this game, looking at their talent and what Georgia's done throughout the year, I think to myself and say, you know, I watch these receivers struggle to get separation. And with them not having their two top receivers for this weekend, uh, Pickens with that uh, suspension in the first half, they're going to struggle to throw the ball. But to me, Josh, some of that comes from, you know, recruiting elite talent and having juniors leave early because Georgia did have some good pass catchers last year, but it seems like that's kind of dropped off. And if LSU has an advantage defensively, it's got to be in that air attack. Yeah, no, I mean, I've watched quite a bit of Georgia games and I know you have, and just being an SEC, I think everybody gets a good chance to watch Georgia. Charles, yeah, and as the season has went on, um, you know, I mentioned to, to you offline, my brother-in-law, he's a big Georgia fan, so I'm, I'm always involved in watching the games and talking about them. And, uh, man, he even said it. Like, it, it feels like I'm watching LSU from the Les Miles era. It's like, it feels old. It feels slow. It feels, why aren't we getting separation? Just like you're saying, you know, and you watch it, and it just – it's aging in front of our eyes and college football is changing. I just, I think Georgia is struggling to change with it a little bit. Um, it's some of its talent. Don't get me wrong. They've had, they had to go out and get a couple transfers and stuff. It was, it, it's talent, but man, look, we know Georgia has talent. I mean, they've, they've been in top of the recruiting classes the last few years. So um, it's, it's almost like Charles, when you watch it, it's like there's five stars and four stars running all over, but it's, it's almost, it's almost like they, they, they don't let them, out. It's like LSU has been for the over over the last few years. It's like you're not getting these guys the ball in space. And it can be it can be frustrating to watch. As an LSU guy, I, I watch it and just go, man, this is the last miles type football made over. Um, but like you said, I, I think a couple years ago when Fromm 
was you seen it. He, he was he was playing much better. That was a few years ago. Football and college football is changing. It, it's it's different than it was three years ago. Uh, you know, look at the spread attacks all, all around the country. So, yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts on on that whole situation. Yeah, and, and so attacking Georgia, you know, you're going to have to force – you're going to have to stuff that box because, you know, right now in Georgia, uh, yards per game, they're averaging 420, and, and they're 200 on the ground and 220 passing. So, I mean, they're running the, the heck out of the ball right now. Yeah. And, and to me, the biggest thing is it's like uh, I look at Georgia's offensive line and they're really good, right? So you're going to have to load that box up. You're going to have to trust your cornerbacks, and I think you can, especially in that first half, to be able to take advantage of their matchups. But uh, I look at what LSU did last week against Texas A&M. And, and Texas A&M, look, they don't have the best offensive line in the country, but they have a good offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. LSU got six sacks last weekend. Yep. Does that mean we're seeing a change? I mean, I know you and I talked about that. I don't expect LSU to get a whole lot of pressure on Georgia this weekend unless they're bringing extra guys. And in this week, I think that's something they can do, Josh. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think when you look at, at the situation, okay, with with the defensive line and how, like you said, you got to stack the box – when you watch the film, Charles, you know, like kind of like you just said, I'm stacking the box right there, you know, and I'm I'm going to stop the run and I'm going to let I'm going to let my two first round cornerbacks, you know, lock up on their receivers. Their top two guys aren't uh, aren't playing, at least picking for the first half, you know, so, you know, that's that's where I lock up. I stack the box and I make Fromm prove that he can make throws on you if they want to. They're going to try to run the ball. They have a tremendous offensive line. They got a lot of NFL guys on their offensive line. They're going to run the ball, you know, but I think LSU has proven against Texas A&M in the last couple of weeks. They've really committed to stopping the run. I mean, when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback, Charles, I just got to kind of see how this game unfolds. I just don't know if it's going to be one of those type games unless, you know, LSU gets up early. LSU gets, gets ahead of, you know, you know, three touchdowns or something, and they go ahead and just have to start winging it. Um, you know, that, 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 that could happen. But I just think right now I think it's going to be more of, what Georgia's going to try to do, you know, try to run the ball in LSU. That's what they're trying to do on on every team they played. Um, but I think LSU's prepared for it, Charles. They, you can watch it on the film. I'm not Dave Aranda. You see what Georgia's going to do, and I think LSU has the guys to stop it. Well, look, I think Fromm's a good quarterback. I think it's more that receiver issue, especially yeah. that Josh. Uh, Fromm doesn't turn the ball over. He only has three picks on the year. Uh, yes, he only has uh, 21 touchdowns. And he's a little bit above 60% completion rating. Doesn't have a ton of yards, but he's had a really good season. The thing that I look at, Josh, is the running backs. I think DeAndre Swift is one of the better backs mm-hmm. in the SEC. I think he's versatile. Um, it, it seems like he's going to be a full go this week. Uh, I know he came out with an injury last week, but it seems like it's not going to impact him this week, as uh, as Kirby said, that he's going to be playing. How good is a guy like DeAndre Swift? And look, LSU struggled. LSU struggled immensely in terms of stopping the run. They played really well last week, but throughout the season, to me, Josh, some of LSU's success with stopping the run is come against teams that can run and pass. They have success with both. But you look at a team that is down 21-0 to an LSU offense, you have to do away with the run at that point, right? You have to play play catch-up. So it aided LSU's rush defense in, in some aspects, I think. Is this a concern? And even more so. Because this is going to lead into future matchups. Look, right now, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but LSU's at two. Clemson's at three. Travis Etienne is one of the best running backs in the country. 
And LSU's going to have to face a good rushing attack in Clemson, a guy that averages a lot of yards per carry and a lot of yards per game. Now, I look at Swift as a guy similar in that aspect. Is Swift a concern in this game? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely is a concern. I mean, Swift is a talented, you know, highly recruited runner back that's going to be playing in the league. I mean, it's, he, he's a guy that they absolutely have to key on. I, and, you know, just that run game in general. It's a basic run game, though, Charles. It's It's kind of... You know, it's, it's it's like I said, it's kind of what we've seen at LSU the past couple of years. And yes, he's a concern. He's somebody LSU is going to have to key on. But, you know, I just you watch the last couple of weeks and how they they've really committed. You see the guys, the energy, the guys playing along the line of scrimmage. It just seems like they're kind of hitting their stride and, and clicking when it when they needed to. You know, at the end of the season, you get into the SEC championship game. I just feel watching LSU on the last film on the last uh, couple of games, watching Georgia. Now, that being said, okay, DeAndre Swift is a talented young man, and he can he can break this game open if LSU don't come to tackle like they've said some of those games, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt. You know, if they don't come to play yeah. and they're not tackling Swift, you know, Swift's a talented kid, so he definitely can break them. I just I just think this this feels to me like it's setting up well for LSU. I just don't trust Fromm, like you said. I know he has to throw the ball get the ball down the field if you know if LSU goes up but I think that's what LSU wants Charles I mean may, you know correct me but I, I I just feel like yeah LSU wants to get ahead you know 21 points and make Jake Fromm drop back 35 40 times to beat mm-hmm. you you know so I think they really commit to shutting down Swift and say okay we shut down Swift what you got now well look for me to be devil's advocate mm-hmm. it's uh, let's point out that Ole Miss game because you have a guy like uh John Rice Plum- Plumley who you know he's running the ball. Right? Yeah, LSU yeah. knew he was going to run the hell out of the ball, and yeah. he did with a lot of success. And look, I think it's different when you have a running back running the ball compared to a quarterback, especially a guy like Plumley, who, Josh, we talked about him. He's yes. an incredible talent. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of nervous to see what he does in the baseball field because he <sighs> exceeded, you know, exceeded my expectations yeah. for football. But you've seen LSU play teams where they knew the rushing attack was mm-hmm. coming and it still struggled to stop it. I yeah. saw have success against Auburn, a team that runs the ball a lot, but then Ole Miss, they didn't. So, you know, to be devil's advocate, even though they know, and I and I made the point earlier that this could be an advantage for LSU to have more guys in the box, you know, leave your corners mm-hmm. on islands, maybe even bring a safety down and not have that safety help on one side. But even if that's going to happen, if LSU has missed tackles in this game, I mean, Georgia can score quick with a guy like DeAndre Swift in the rushing game, too. Yeah, that's what they want. Look, if Georgia, when they're looking at it, they're going to play their game, and that's what they're hoping. They're hoping LSU comes out and has a lapse, has an Ole Miss game, a Vanderbilt game, those type games where they, they had to, and they, believe me, they're looking at that film. They're looking at how Ole Miss attacked. You've seen what Arkansas did. They came out immediately and tried to kind of run the same schemes that Ole Miss did, you know. So, yeah, they're, they're going to come into it. They got Kirby Smart and that coaching staff is extremely talented. You know, they're going to watch film. Um, I just I just feel in my mind when you see LSU and where they're at right now in this season and what's on the line, I just think that's – I just can't see it happening. Can it happen? Of course. I just I just think LSU is going to commit to shutting down a run, Charles. You know, and I, I think I think it's – I'm pretty solid. It's, it's going to happen. Um, but like you said, that being said, it's, it's you know, it's Swift and he's an NFL talent. If, if it does happen – I think that's what LSU wants, right? You want I, I want to see Fromm back there trying to throw the ball over all over the yard, try, you know, trying to beat us. And, and I want to see our, our front four, maybe five, get to mm-hmm. him and, and be able to play that zone coverage because he's in third and fifteen. Yep. You know, get Georgia behind the sticks, make Fromm throw, and let your cornerbacks do their job. 
you know, I, I don't want to hear the cornerbacks' names this week, and I don't want to hear Stingley. I don't want to hear Fulton. And Josh, we talked about it last game. I want to hear Kerry Vincent. You know, a guy coming off his best game of the year. Yeah. I would like to see that again this week. And, and you know, I think Georgia's going to try to get into their tight ends this week. So you're going to see a guy like Jacoby Stevens, Grant Delpit in coverage, maybe even a linebacker like Patrick Queen or, or maybe you know uh, Damone Clark. Um, you're going to see guys in coverage that are going to get tested because Georgia's going to be looking for advantages all over the field. Look, these are two really good coaching staffs. But, Josh, I really am keying in on that front four. They need to have a really big game. Tyler Shelvin's got to move people. Mm-hmm. You know, He's going to probably get double teamed, and he's got to be able to hold that block and not let them dictate where he goes. And if he can do that, that stops that inside rush. And once that happens, then, you know, you disrupt what Georgia's going to do. And look, LSU did it in that Georgia game last year, right? We talked about that last year. I'll go back and listen to the pod if you really want to. But Georgia, they blew both of our minds. You know, Elijah Holyfield was doing really good last year running the ball. He was running down LSU's throats. And Georgia goes for it. You know, they had the, you know, the misplay and they turn it over. LSU goes down, goes down and scores. And then also we made an adjustment and they stopped giving the ball to him. And I think, you know, if LSU comes out and shows a good game plan against this rushing attack, then LSU is going to be able to take advantage of this game. And it's really going to stifle a, a Georgia's offense. No, no, Charles. I mean, that's, that's a lot of good points there. Yeah. I think when, when you look at it, it's just like, okay. Also, I, I Charles, I want to bring up the point that, LSU won this game last year, and I think that comes into play. I think it, this defense, they have confidence. They've seen these guys before. I just I think LSU feels like, look, we've matched up with these guys already. We, we've done well. That's going to help. Georgia does have a tremendous offensive line. This will be the best offensive line that LSU has seen all year, in my opinion. This is by far. Yeah, and it, it's you got three surefire NFL guys on there, and probably all five are. You know what I mean? So um, th- this will test our front four, like you said, and – we, there used to be that gap. We talked about that Alabama LSU gap as far as size and talent. This will be a good test for this LSU front four and that line and our linebackers, like you said, that kind of where we really are. You know, are they going to can they push us off the ball or we can, you know, I think we'll be OK. Uh, but this will be this will be a good test for this LSU front seven to see, OK, you know, Georgia's got stud. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think we'll get pushed around. But like you said, Tyler Shelvin. Man, he's going to be big in this game. And a guy like Ika, who's not, yeah, might not get a bunch of snaps, but the snaps are going to be important. They're, you know, they're going to be big. So we need a lot. We need really good play from those guys. Yeah, the next month of football for LSU, you're going to see how much this defensive line has progressed because you're going to be facing really good offensive lines yeah. and good passing attacks, too. So you're going to need that front four uh, to play well. This is one of those games where you need Chase on to go off. And I, I could see him going off, you know. Uh, don't count that out, but we've also seen games where he's been quiet, Josh. But look, I, I think LSU can stop this Georgia offense. Uh, like you said, you know, there's in ways looks like a less miles offense because they're run heavy a lot of the times and they try to set up the pass. But I think that's like I said earlier, it's just because of their pass catchers. Uh, the talent just isn't there. And that first half, it really won't be there because their first two guys, will, uh, their best two receivers aren't going to be playing. Uh, some young guys are going to have to step up. And, you know, I'd like to see uh, see what LSU's DBs can do against them and hopefully, you know, create some turnovers. A, a team in Georgia that really doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, turnovers can be pivotal. I mean, LSU forced three turnovers against A&M. Uh, Coach O's been talking about it all year as being positive in the turnover battle. And LSU's been pretty neutral. 
And you're talking about a quarterback and Joe Burrow who's thrown six interceptions and a team that doesn't fumble the ball a lot. So creating turnovers is going to be big. It's going to be big down the stretch. But, Josh, let's flip sides of the ball. Let's look at LSU's offense against Georgia's defense. Uh, Georgia's defense, the best rush defense in the SEC uh, for a reason. Uh, it's like Alabama in the past, right? Uh, when we looked at those games where Alabama's defensive line and offensive line was better than our defensive line and our offensive line. And in some aspects, this could come into play here, right? Georgia's got a really good defensive line. And you looked at last year's game, you know, I talked about it with Anthony. It was Clyde's coming out party. But LSU's going to have to establish a run in this game. And I think that they can. But it's going to be a tough task against this Georgia defensive line. Yeah, I, I, this is important. Look, I think – are you going to establish a run, you know, a crazy, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be LSU running all over the field in these guys. I think they're just too good up front. But like you, like you mentioned, Charles, you need to establish something. You need to establish the run to, at, to some point, keep them honest, because I think where LSU matches up well is when they go out wide receivers, you mentioned there, uh, the talent is lacking. We have the talent. I think this is where we you know, we can excel. The name is Joe, the wide receivers against their guys on, on the back end. I think that's where we really got the advantage on these guys. And we, we're going to, you know, keep them honest, keep the linebackers honest, um, let Clyde do his work. If he can, you know, break a couple runs, you know, whatever that is, short passes. Because I, I really believe Joe can get off in this game. I think he can really hit these guys in the secondary. Um, that's just where I think when you look at it, every aspect of it, I think our wide receivers and our passing game, is just at a different level than those guys on 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 the back end at Georgia. You know, I agree with you there, and, and I, I think Clyde's gonna be big in this game. Look, Anthony said he's one of the most physical runners, and, and we talked about that last yeah. week. Just in the evolution of Clyde, that's gonna be another showcase for him, and he's been playing really good against SEC teams. Really, that A and M game was the only game where his rushing yards weren't weren't you know over a hundred yards, just because they took him out so early, but. Um, I think that establishing the run is going to be big. And I think the passing game can do that. You know, they're not going to come out and LSU is going to have four receivers and Georgia is going to have eight guys in the box. I mean, that that ain't happening, right? That's not happening. <laughs> you know, that, that's yeah. part of why this offense is so good. Right. And the offense Georgia saw last year is even more different than what they're going to see this year. So I don't think that there's any parallel or comparison that they can take away from last year and say, look, we know what we're seeing. I think everyone from that offense has improved uh, in an enormous amount, right? Yeah, no, that's that's big. And you, you make a good point about last year. This is a completely different offense. That's big. I mean, granted, now LSU's played twelve games. They can go turn. They can go put the film on and see what we're going to do. But it's always nice when you can see see the matchups against this offense. It ain't the same offense. Joe's not under center. He ain't gonna be under center at all. You know. So that's that's. I think that's a plus for LSU. You know, they haven't seen this offense yet. Um, you know, so it's it's definitely a plus for LSU. I think what LSU's got to watch out for, Charles, and I, I didn't bring this up on the first part, but not to get caught up into a, a Georgia-type game. You know what I mean? Don't get caught up into letting Georgia have long drives, letting Georgia do what they want to do, three yards, five yards, four yards. That's I think that's where LSU's defense, I think just as a whole, that they have to – Keep that limited. Get some three and outs. Get the balls in Joe's hand because you know what they want to do. They want to limit the ball in Joe's hands, and I really believe LSU can score points on this on this Georgia team. I know it's a good defense, but LSU, I just feel when you when you look at the talent gap, it's there for Joe to take advantage of it. You've seen it last year. I think they're going to do it again this year. And I, I agree with you. Yeah. And, and uh, Josh, if if you're going to look at something with special teams, we talked about this in the A and M game. 
is that Kate York is really turned into a reliable leg. Look, a new mm-hmm. environment, a big environment. Is there any concern with him? Or after last week and the past few weeks, you went from him being a discussion point to I think we're all pretty comfortable with York bad. Back then. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think we're we're solid as far as that goes. And especially since this game's indoors, Charles, it's going to be on, you know, artificial turf. I know kickers like that. They like to kick indoors. If you, you know, you don't got the wind factor. You ain't got the, you know, the temperature factor, all that type stuff of these kickers. And, you know, so then it just comes down to the, the mental aspect of it. And I think we've seen the last probably month of the season, Charles, he's been, you know, I think he he's kicking them solid. It's, you know, if, if it's mental, I think he's, he's at the right place right now. This is a good time. He hit 250 yarders. Uh, last week at Tiger Stadium outside with a little bit of breeze there. So, yeah, you know, and talk about kickers, Blankenship for Georgia. I mean, I think he's been there like 15 years. I don't. I guess he's re- going to finally graduate this year. But um, he's a really good kicker, man, and he's probably going to be kicking on Sundays. So uh, he did miss one last week, which it was surprising. It doesn't happen often. But, uh, you know, if you get into a, a tight game, you know, where, where this game could come down to a field goal kick, I know Georgia's got to feel confident that they have a really good kicker. Yeah, no, I, I think their kicker is incredible. Josh, yeah. And I, I'm not really concerned about them in the return game. Look, I think this is a, a game where for Georgia to win, they're going to have to create turnovers. Joe's going to have to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. LSU's going to have to fumble the ball. They're going to have to make coverage uh, mistakes. They're going to have to miss tackles because Georgia can't get into a shootout with LSU. That's something they're not doing in their team games. They've played against good teams. It's been grind games. It's been old school SEC football. And this is going to be one of those games where, Josh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a similar game to what we've seen LSU do in recent years with Alabama is, look, Georgia's coming in with a good defense. They have a good rushing attack. What can they do against a team that's putting up 40 points a game? Right. No, no, that's that's. It's absolutely right. I mean, that's you know, that's what that's what they're looking at. I just think it's when when you when you look at the situation as a whole, I wouldn't be surprised as far as LSU stretching the field on these guys. I just I, you know we, I keep saying the, kind of the same thing over, y'all. I just think LSU just matches up well as far as this their their offense goes with those guys in the secondary. I just I can't see LSU allowing themselves to get into a battle. Like you said, a running battle, slow it down. They, they need to come in this and say, okay. They haven't faced anybody like us this year. They haven't seen anybody like us this year. Let's use that to our advantage, like you, like you were just saying. And let's stretch the field. Let's throw the ball over their head. Let's let's give this defense, you know, something they haven't seen. They're about to face an NFL quarterback. I say Joe's in college still. He's probably going to be the first pick. They're going to see a guy that prepares an NFL quarterback. You're looking at an NFL concepts. I think you got to go all in here and, and see see what this defense has really got. You know, I, I agree with you there, Josh. I, let's just go ahead and uh, I, I kind of want to talk about the CFP because we saw new rankings come out Tuesday and, yeah. and just have a little conversation on that. We'll talk, give a little another update on Zach Evans as uh, he actually is not committing. I'm not sure right, if we right. talked about that or not, but I think we were planning on hearing a uh, commitment from him tonight, uh, but that is not happening anymore. But first, let's get your prediction. I'll give mine as well. Anthony had LSU winning this game. Josh, how do you see it? What did um what what was Anthony's score prediction? I was just curious coming oh, from the man, Georgia I, side. I would have to go back and look. Oh, okay, I okay. Think, I think he has LSU winning and and probably covering the spread. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I, you know when I when I keep watching the film and look at it and looking at who Georgia's faced this year, you look at equal opponents, right? Um, that was a thought I, I wanted to get out that go watch that Texas A&M Georgia game, Charles, and then you go watch LSU against Texas A&M. A&M got caught into a game. I mean, you know, made Georgia kind of play that grinding game. They both kind of wanted that. 
And I just don't see LSU allowing themselves to do it. You know, I just, I just can't see it happen. They're going to stretch the field. I honestly believe LSU is going to, it's going to be a 38 to 17 game. It's kind of how I see it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU can put, put up 40 Charles, maybe mid forties. And if Georgia wants to get into a shootout, LSU, you know, let's do it. I think LSU matches up well in a shootout. So I'll go 38 to 17. Yeah. Look, I, I'm pretty close to that score as well. I think LSU actually gets into the forties for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they kick a couple of field goals because Georgia, I mean, you've seen it, you know, sometimes this offense just not that it's a mental lapse. Yeah, they just yeah. kind of, you know, they drive and they stop, they kick a field goal. So yeah. um, I, I actually have LSU winning this game uh, by a score of 45 uh, to 17. Wow. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be a good game. I, I think it's going to be exciting, but uh, it's like what they've been talking about national media wise all week. Uh, the team that's fourth, it is really just a team that's there to, you know, must be a bye week, you know, for the number one team because there's the three top teams are the three top teams. And really, you know, people, LSU fans are going to want to hear this, but if Tua was healthy, Alabama would be your fourth team. Alabama was 100% making it in this year and they deserve to do it. I think Alabama is a very good team. And with Tua, they're hard to beat. And, and LSU showed that, right? But uh, Josh, I do think it's going to be an exciting game. Excited mm-hmm. to see LSU back in the SEC championship. Uh, end of the day, though, we know there's bigger goals, right? So speaking of that, uh, let's go recruiting first. Yeah. Uh, so Zach Evans isn't committing uh, tonight. and But um, it's what I read recently. I haven't really looked into it as much today, but he's still signing early, but he's committing at the Under Armour game. Yeah, I think I would. I put it out earlier, Charles, January the, the 2nd the, at the Under Armour All-American game. I guess he backed off his um, saying he was going to commit tonight. But, you know, he, he made a good point, Charles. I don't know if you caught the little clip. I put a, I tweeted out a clip of him with, with the news there in Houston. Uh, he said he didn't want to make it about him, you know, and it, it was a bad timing. The, the team's in the playoffs or deep into the playoffs, and he didn't want all the attention and everything, you know, off his team. I think that's good. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, that's been coming out about him and his, you know, his character and what's true, what's not, who knows, you know how it is in recruiting. But um, I heard that from his mouth and on, on, you know, the Fox News station there that, you know, he didn't want to make it about him. It's about his team. And he wants to, he'll do it at the, at the Under Armour game when it's, that, that's kind of the, <laughs> the setting for that. A lot of guys commit. So uh, I, I completely understand that. All right, Josh, let's get into this conversation. We're going to continue having it because we have to. So she's mm-hmm. involved in it. But uh, Ohio State stays at uh, number one, right? We all kind of expected that. Uh, LSU stays at number two. Just initial thoughts of, of the top four. No, I mean, I just – it's it's the top four. I didn't think it was going to change, really, Charles. I, I, I thought that's – it's just I, I, I have a hard time – believing that Ohio state is, is a number one team. And I'm absolutely not saying this because we're cover LSU. It's not that I just, I just have an absolute hard time seeing what the committee did with, you know, as far as the, the competition Ohio state's played and we'll talk about that a little more, but yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's what I, it's where I thought it was going to be. You know, I, I don't agree with it, you know, but that's, that's pretty much what I thought I was going to see. Yeah, look, and I think this is where it's key to look at is competition, right? Mm-hmm. And the AP poll, uh, they have Alabama at nine, right? They have Florida at seven and Georgia at four. And to me, that's where they belong, you know? I, I wouldn't, if it wasn't for Florida's win over Auburn, or not Auburn, but um, yeah, Florida had a, a quality win earlier this year. But, yeah. I mean, Florida's played well, right? Florida looks like a good team. You know, Florida's two losses are against number one and number four. 
Right. You know, right. Alabama losing that Auburn game hurt them, but they also have Auburn at 11. And then you go and you look at the CFP, they've got Florida at nine, right? They mm-hmm. have Alabama at 12, and then they have uh, Auburn at 11. And it seems like, you know, Auburn wins the game, Alabama loses. They drop Alabama seven spots, and you don't see as big of a drop from the AP. And, and the bigger one is really, you know, you kind of look at where Penn, Penn State is. You look at where Michigan is. Michigan loses. Only dropped in one spot. Cincinnati loses. Only drops one spot. It seems like they're trying to fit the narrative of Ohio State belongs in the in the top spot. Yeah, Charles. And this is we talked about this offline a little bit. And what I want to say this is that this is what I was scared about when we went to like a committee because as as humans we see this we politics a lot that we tend to try to fit our narrative right. We tend to you know because we're human and that's what we do. And, uh, and, and because to think about this, Josh is. People don't care about the top 25 when it comes to the CFP, right? right. They care about the top six. And right. at this point in the year, they care about the top four. They don't care about anyone outside of the top four. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's right. That's a good point. It's, and it's, I just, you know, I was, I was for the committee as far as getting, having four teams and, and that, but I, I just, I don't like this feel. I just feel like you got coaches. I need to stump for their team. I, I, I'd rather be settled you know, on the field. And, you know, I said this to you before, it's why I watch sports. Cause I don't have to deal with this, deal with a politics type feel. And I just feel like I'm, I'm, you're jockeying back and forth and you're really talking about turnover margins and how many yards against Ole Miss as far as Ohio state against Rutgers. It's just, it's just not what, why I watch sports. And I just wish it would, it would just be a little more cut and dry. Whatever we go to 18 playoff, whatever, whatever that is, it just, I mean, it's so obvious that they're trying to fit the narrative for to get Ohio State, leave Ohio State at number one. It's, it's glaring. You can't give me any other reason why, especially when the AP and the coaches poll looks completely different, would be more like what you would expect it to be. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm it's just it's frustrating. I get upset about it because I think it's 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 almost like a political feel. And I don't like that in sports. You know, you get there and you see your the guy, the, the committee chair up there talking and it's just like, man, you, you, you're saying that with a straight face, really? You know what I mean? Come on. So I'd rather be handled on the field. Yeah, and it's crazy. There was no mention of defense this week. No. Yeah. You know, wiping, the, wiping it clean, right? We're wiping it clean. We're going, that's why I thought. And I'm look, I'm being 100% honest. And even told my wife this. I said, well, you know what? They're going to go week to week. So I get that. They're going to wipe it clean. I, I get that. You know what? LSU didn't play good against Ole Miss. But you're going to say that one week and then get up there and say something else. I'm like, wait a minute. LSU has looked the most complete the last two weeks in college football. Their defense has looked lights out. Now that don't matter. Nah, you see, I, I don't like that, man. That's that, that's not that's not why I watch sports. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because LSU is going to be playing Georgia. They beat Georgia. That's yeah. beating a top four team. You know, I think trying to fit Ohio State in there again. You know, AP's got them at ten. And the playoff committee has them at eight. And, you know, Wisconsin to me, yeah, they beat Minnesota, but how good was Minnesota? Uh, I know they beat a Penn State team, but how good was Penn State? You know, so you can do the what ifs, you can compare, you can look, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, they're going to say that their reasoning is LSU has so many top 25 wins and Ohio State has more. Let's look at teams and let's look at where they sit. Because if LSU is going to beat a team that this committee had in the top four, and they're going to play another top four team and they beat them. To me, that's better than anything Ohio State has done because Ohio State is yet to face a top four team at the time they played and beaten right. them. Um, so, look, Josh, it's going to be something we'll all be watching. 
Um, I usually don't watch the stupid TV show, but guess what? I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> but yeah. uh, look, it, it's going to be an exciting week. Uh, next week, big recruiting week. So we'll be talking about that. We'll do our recap. Uh, we have a special guest coming on next week. So um, be looking for that podcast as we'll do a recap. We'll probably put something out after. But uh, Josh, where can people find your stuff at on social media and anything that you've got coming out on your site this week? Yeah, just, you know, uh, you know, you guys can always find me on Twitter at LSU at balltruth.com at LSU at balltruth. Sorry. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be jumping on uh, three or four radio shows tomorrow. So I'll go ahead and get all that. You know, I know everybody can't tune in, so I'll go ahead and get all those up. Uh, when they're all done tomorrow and I'll put those up on the, on the website. So you got some content to listen to and get you ready for, uh, get you ready for the big game on Saturday. Well, <clears throat> make sure y'all go ahead and follow Josh Lemoyne on Twitter, follow Anthony Dasher. He gave his Twitter out earlier, but it's Anthony Dasher one. want to thank both of them for coming on the podcast tonight to preview this sec championship as LSU and Georgia get set to take on each other Saturday in the Mercedes Benz stadium it's not the georgia dome kind of weird saying that but make sure you all follow the prime todd podcast on twitter if you don't already at primetime underscore pod rate review subscribe we appreciate it also make sure you all check out the other podcast on the network this week is bros who think network main pod has an episode coming out uh, listen to the latest bros who binge which was excellent and anime talk is always on fire so make sure y'all check everything out in the network but for josh Moyne, for anthony dasher my name is charles reese your host y'all have a great week as always go enjoy the sec championship game enjoy what's going on with lsu football and as always a bless Ooh.